The views and opinions expressed in this podcast are those of the individual guests. Ghost Squad, welcome to the Armed Citizen Podcast Live. This is episode number 286. Today's date is Tuesday, what is it? April 4th, 2023. We are live as always on YouTube. So if you're out there in the live chat, say something. We don't know that you're out there unless you do say something. If you want to text in the show, yes, you can text in the show. Utilize the Ghost Tactical Hotline presented by our good friends Rod and Shelly Gates over at Aegis Gun Care. That number is scrolling down below. It is 530 Is it 530-364-4678? Make sure that your questions and all that. Do me a favor. If you do text in, leave who you are um, so I know that who everybody is. Sometimes I don't have these numbers saved in there, so I don't know who they are, so I can read them out and all that. Anyways, go ahead and text those in. If you are a veteran, really anybody, but especially if you're a veteran and you're in that hole you're in the darkness looking for that light call me text me email me 24 7 i cannot give you medical advice but i could probably be a pretty decent ear and talk you through some stuff Uh, if you are looking for someone to get you some some medical attention remember two things one you are not alone in this fight you have a lot of brothers out here that are willing and able to help you in any way possible and two the world is a much better place with you in it so please utilize the veteran crisis hotline 1-800-273-8255. Once again, 1-800-273-8255. We are spotlighting, as always, United States Marine Corps. If you have any questions on what it takes to earn the title United States Marine, see the website marines.com. And we are proud members of the Self-Defense Radio Network and the Rapid Fire Radio Network. Go check out all of your favorite pro-gun, pro-tui podcasts over at selfdefenseradio.net and rapidfireradio.us. Let me uh, get this off of my ugly mug and bring in, we had a couple more people jump in, so let's uh, bring them in as well and say hello. Um, From Anderson Manufacturing, our good buddy and fellow Jarhead. What's up, Kyle? How you doing, my man? Hey, Trey, how's it going? Thanks for having me on. Good. We're going to talk to you in a second. You guys uh, announced something pretty badass yesterday. So I want to talk to you about that here in a minute. But uh, yeah, thanks for coming in um, from Oklahoma. He is the Oki from Chelsea. Um, and more importantly, he's got the pup with him. So we got the gun snob. What's up, homie? Yo. Yo. How's puppy doing? Good. Good, good, good. And from Arizona, the soulless ginger bastard himself. What's up, John? What's up, everybody? Sounds like you're just leaving work or something. Yeah, I just hopped in the car right now. So, what do you work for? Like like seven o'clock. Why aren't you home? Well, in Arizona, it's five o'clock. So that's what it is. He can't hear us right now. He's got the wind blowing in his soulless ginger hair. So it is what it is. And from the great state of Texas, 
always riding shotgun with us. The tactical virus, I mean, uh, Leprechaun himself. What's up, Clove? Yo, man. How are you? I'm here. There you go. You've got a shotgun of the week for us? Man, you know, Mossberg is making a 28-gauge semi-auto now. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah. What length is that going to be? 24, probably? 20, no, 28. 28, okay. Maybe. So kind of like a goose gun, huh? As far uh, as and tw- and twenty eight gauge no I mean in order to get into no for goose man you're gonna get out to like thirties and thirty twos and stuff oh. like that thirty six see I don't know shit about shotguns so there you go yeah it would be more of a turkey it would be more of a turkey gun in fact I think that's what they okay. call it the the called the turkey S A gobbler gobbler that'd be pretty cool. Yeah, except for that would infringe on Gerson, but yeah, or Churchill. Well, we'll see there. Yeah, well, yeah. one of the yeah. two. I don't remember if it was the Churchill or the Gerson that's the gobbler, but yeah. I didn't know they have one called a gobbler. They do. Oh. And, yeah. sh- and shame, shame, shame on EAA for uh, not pushing them to make that in a 28. But, you know, what are you going to do? Uh, you never know it. You never know it. Um, yeah. Bring in Kyle for a second. We're going to talk a little Anderson real quick before we move on. Uh, you guys announced something. I, I saw a picture. Was it last week? You sent it to me. You guys had an announcement yesterday with a new coding project on the old AR. Is it on AM15, I'm assuming? Yes, sir. It's the AM15. And it is called the A-Palms. And it is... A beautiful, I don't know, like for me, when I when I saw it the first time, I thought Miami Vice. It, it, it's just gorgeous. It is a gorgeous thing. You guys need yeah. to go check that out over on their Instagram and all of that stuff. It's there. It's it's awesome. Yeah, for sure. It gives off Miami Vice vibes. And, uh, you know, we partnered up with Grit City on it. And uh, definitely, yeah, go check it out. AndersonManufacturing.com forward slash air coat. If you want to go straight to the landing page. Real good stuff. Sorry about the video. I'm having some technical difficulties on my end here, but hey, you know what? Great. And let's be honest, the audio is really what counts. We all have faces for radio. So let's just be honest, you know? Amen. Amen. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, MC out there says, dang it, Clover. Now I need a 28 Mossberg. I have an over under 28 gauge is dove and pheasant. You're welcome. So you just spent some more of his money, obviously. Yeah, I'm good at that. Uh, that AR here. would go perfectly with some of my shirts. It would. Like when I first saw it, I was like, mm, you're going to have to get one there, Snobby, because um, now what, what could Alice. break the matrix, what could break the matrix is Snob taking a picture. I'm assuming, Kyle, you guys are going to have the palms there at, at NRAM. Snob taking a picture in the palms with his shirts in the booth. That might break the matrix. I'm just saying. It will be an MRAM and snob. You got to do it. I will wear my retro rifle shirts to MRAM. So, yes. I'm down. Yeah. It'll I be know. a range day, too. I don't know if you'll be a range day, but it'll be a range day. The primary I, I'll, be, I'll be driving yeah. in that day. I'll, I'll be I'm driving in that. I haven't 100% decided, but I registered. I assume I'm going to go. Awesome, man. See you there. Ghost, yeah, I'm going to miss I won't you. Get there. 
I know, man. I'm, I'll be driving in that day, and I'll, I'll be getting there that afternoon. But I'll I'll miss the, the primary arms range day. Um, but yeah, that'll be. Uh, I'm, sure, I'm I'm glad they're doing a range day. Um, finally, you know, it's kind of not really with it, but it's 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 part of the package and part of the program now. So that's that's something that needed to happen a long time ago. So I am happy they're doing that for sure. Uh, thanks to primary arms for doing that, actually. Um, so yeah, but you guys know that every Thursday, Saturday, and Monday, we have our ghost tactical polls over on our YouTube community tab. And those are presented, uh, this week by Anderson manufacturing. Just happened to have Kyle on there. Kyle, I'm kind of thinking about calling the pony polls. How, what do you guys think about that? The pony polls, would that that'd be kind of cool? I think that sounds legit. That's awesome. That's legit. The pony polls presented by anderson manufacturing guys go everyone's familiar with anderson whether you want to believe it or not everyone's either shot or probably owns something that's uh, anderson whether you know it or not uh, not just anderson brand stuff but anderson's been making a lot of stuff for a lot of companies for a long time everyone knows about the lowers they know about the am15 the kiger came out last week uh, last year the nine millimeter uh handgun so they've got some bolt act they've got a lot of cool stuff coming down the line at anderson go, go check them out over there but like I said, the, the pony polls, the pony polls, we'll go with the first one. And I want to hear you guys' comments out there in the chat as well. Uh, this one was sent yesterday, got 1.5 thousand votes. Of these, what's the best 90s movie? Of these, Pulp Fiction, Forrest Gump, Goodfellas, Shawshank Redemption, or Other? um kyle let's go with you first of those 90s movies which one do you like the most goodfellas goodfellas was my choice on that one and you you've got some iconic movies in there so it was real tough it, it is tough and, and honestly it's one of those this is one of the closest kind of polls where usually there's a runaway you know in most of these polls but this one having the fact that they were all pretty iconic movies and well-known movies in their own right uh, this one was a pretty close one um snob what about you of those do you have one that's your favorite well they're all great but they are yes they are of those i would probably pick fourth go okay uh there's really like you said there's not a wrong answer you know there's really not um clover of those we kind of talked a little bit about this on the ghost and clover um but uh do you have a favorite of those which ones were on the list uh, you've got uh, Pulp Fiction, Forrest Gump, Goodfellas, or Shawshank. Mm. Yeah, that's tough, mm. man. It is it's a tough. good one. It's tough, ain't it? Um, man, probably Forrest Gump. Yeah, yeah. I, I maybe out of those, Forrest Gump, yeah. Ginger, you were even alive in the 90s, but uh, if you if you were alive in the 90s, which one would you pick? First off, I was alive in the 90s. Second off, <laughs> well, you were you're like one or two years old. Yeah. Okay. Well, am I a clown? Do I use Mew? It's got to be Goodfellas. There's no other. This is probably one of the best mobster movies that have ever existed next to um, Bronx Tales. It's probably, it's just, they're both iconic, and that is probably the best out of the two. Next to Casino as well. Casino was a good one too. Uh, absolutely, Casino was good. Like you said, you can't really, you can't really go wrong with any of these. Um, 
you know, they're all they're all great, and they're all they're all great in their own right. They're a little bit different genres, if you will. Um, but it is what it is. Let's see here. One point five thousand votes. Thirty five percent say Forrest Gump. Twenty five percent say Goodfellas. Twenty one percent say Shawshank. <coughs> Excuse me. Seventeen percent say Pulp Fiction, and two percent say Other. So a pretty close, pretty close poll there. Uh, we move to the second one. Um, 80s rock bands. We're kind of going like kind of hair bands, but mostly like 80s rock bands. Of these four, which do you prefer? The choices are Def Leppard, Guns N' Roses, Motley Crue, or Van Halen. Clover, we'll start with you. Of those four, which one do you prefer? killing me man uh yeah i only ask the tough questions here probably guns and roses okay yep uh snob sorry i was on a different tab uh and pour some sugar death leopard okay all right right. like i say you can't go wrong with any of these uh ginger yeah they're all good they're all good ginger Say Motley Crew. Okay. Girls, All right. Girls, girls. Little, little girls, 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 little Tommy Lee action there. He he likes Tommy Lee. Uh Kyle will bring you in here of those iconic 80s rock bands. Do you have a preference? Telling you, John and I are starting to link up. Uh, I'm a Motley Crew guy myself. That's actually right. the first cassette I ever owned. Motley really? Crew. Yes, oh, sir. Wow. <laughs> Did we just become best friends? I think so. <laughs> now, now, Doctor Feelgood or, or which which cassette Doc, was it, Motley? It was Doctor Feelgood. If you're gonna go with a Motley, you know, first cassette, Doctor Feelgood was as good as it got for me. Um, yes, I sir. Love I love, it. I love it. I probably would go Guns N' Roses just because I'm a huge GNR fan. Um. I'd What's probably the best Guns N' Roses song? My favorite Guns N' Roses song? Or the best one? I mean... Your favorite. You know, we'll go your favorite. Your my favorite. favorite? Oh, probably Civil War or Yesterday. Really? Um, yeah. Patience. I love Patience. I do. I do love me some Patience. Um, yesterday's is... I, there's something about the way that Yesterday's kicks off, and it's just kind of got a little acoustic vibe and then it just goes and i, I love yesterday's uh and civil war is a great one too um i mean honestly let's be honest there's probably not too many bad no. songs that gnr put out um that's just me i mean really um, any of these wife, bands there's not really too many bad songs now see here's the thing about van halen now here's where i'm gonna have to get a little sticky on this i'm a big van halen fan i am not a big van hagar fan um, I was fair. never a big Sammy Hagar fan. They had a couple good songs with Sammy, but I, I was never a big Hagar fan. I was much more of a you know a Diamond Dave fan. You know, say what you want about David Lee Roth, but he was good. Um, I was never a big Def Leppard fan. I, I like I said, I, I like some of their songs, but uh, I was never a huge Dead. I, I like early Def Leppard. What was that? Uh, the album came out the uh, the early album that had like. Do you like Two Arm Def Leppard, dude? Huh? 
I said, so you prefer? I like two. I like two. I like two arm Def Leppard. Yes. I'm not a big one arm Def Leppard. Pour some sugar on me. I'm, I'm a I'm a two arm drummer guy. You know. Um. But yeah, like Hysteria I think was the album. Hysteria was a yeah. good album. That was a good album. For well, sure. That was, that was the pour some sugar on the album. Mm-hmm. Oh, was it okay? What was the one in the '80s? Like photograph? Was that Paranoia or something like that? Pyromania or High and Pyromania. Dry. Pyromania. Yeah, I think Pyromania was it with Photograph and all that. That was that was a good album. Uh, that's the one that I like. It was it was definitely the two arm drummer uh, album for sure. Rock of Ages. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that one had one point seven thousand votes. 44% say GNR. 44% were correct. Uh, 24% said Van Halen. 18% said Motley Crue. And 15% said Def Leppard. So, yeah. Uh, I, just need to address a, I just need to address a comment real quick. Which one is it? I'll put it on the screen. Uh, Chicago Mike's Journey one. Because Journey's Journey- pretty damn good. No, because Journey is the worst band of all time, and they can just burn. Don't make me kick you out of here. I absolutely oh, despise Journey with a passion. Right there with Rush, Dude. Journey and Rush. Can oh, I can't stand Rush. Them. I don't. I don't like Rush. I'm I'm, I'm an anti-Rush guy. Um, but Journey, really? Like Journey wasn't the greatest band, but like Steve Perry has one of the best voices ever, especially for a rock stars. I can't stand Journey. Did you not like his voice or did you like the band or what what do you what do you I not just, like about Journey? I don't know what I hate about him. I just hate Journey. I hate all their songs. I don't know. I think it's because one of my ex stepmoms down through time like love Journey and I couldn't stand her. So a lot of Journey did it. A lot of Journey sounds the same. Mm-hmm. You know, but it's I'm, not, it's I'm not knocking Journey. I like, I like Journey. I, I'm not knocking. I'm not knocking on it. But I'm just. I mean, I can sort of see how it could turn people off because it's kind of a similar sound. It's more of a mellow rock. Um. So, but yeah. It's Worst different. band is Cinderella. I oh, I, I agree. I, I disagree wholeheartedly. Um. Now, favorite Cinderella song. Whoa. Don't know what you got till it's gone. Hands down. Oh, Hands really? Down. Oh, I love that song, man. But that song has kind of like sentimental value to me back in the day. So yeah. Now Woods is bashing poison. I mean, like I Slaughter. Really like... Slaughter is a terrible band, but Fly to Fly of the Angels is a great song. But I can't stand Slaughter. Like never did yeah. like them. Yeah. Like Skid Row loves Skid Row. Loves Sebastian Bach's voice. You know, uh, yeah, worst band. Worst band of that era. They had one phenomenal song, one phenomenal song, but everything else of theirs just was crap. Firehouse, remember them? Yeah, no, I probably don't because they were terrible. They had one song uh, that was pretty good. Love of a lifetime. Is, Love of a lifetime, great song, and everything else was bad, uh, really bad. Yeah, there's a lot of hair bands, a lot to come in. Remember Winger? <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh, I remember Winger, yeah. Jacob yeah. doesn't know who Cinderella is. Huh? Yeah. Jacob doesn't know who Cinderella is. Do yourself a favor. Go go Google it later. Or Google or. Cinderella. Uh, uh, Cinderella. Shelter. Don't know what you got till it's gone. Yep. Fantastic. Shelter, shelter me. Coming home. Shelter. Coming home. Oh, I forgot about coming home. Coming home's amazing. Coming home's uh, a great one. Yeah. Nobody's nobody's fool. 
Uh, I would all, say coming home with your sick. I forgot about that. That's a great Coming home's one. my favorite, it's I think. Still yeah. not as good as uh, don't know what you got till it's gone. I can coming home is a close second, probably. I can remember. Gypsy Road. Oh, Gypsy Road was a great one too. Hell, yeah. uh-huh. call Rich. Yeah, yep. great call. Yeah. Um, I can remember back when uh, coming home when that come out. Right. Um, the video. That was, yeah, it was obviously a video. Oh. But I made my own video, which was weird. I dubbed. Of course you took, did. To it took VHS tapes, and I dubbed like Superman walking in the snow, and you know all that kind of. And it was a pretty neat video. I wish I could find that one day. That I used clips from. I movies. wish you would too. I so was, wish you would. It was pretty neat. Please. It's all VHS, horrible quality, but. Oh, was, you gotta find that. Time, it was probably it was in the barn. Snob. It was probably in the barn. <laughs> it, probably, it probably was. It probably was. But it was just movie clips is all it was that I used. But it was like, that was way back before YouTube and everything else. So that was pretty cool back in the day. It's like, look, I made my own video. Like, okay, whatever. Yeah. Uh, MC says no votes for rat. I don't even know. Like, honest to God, I have totally forgot. I don't know any rat songs. That might be one of the worst bands. I don't, I don't know any of their songs. And really? I hadn't heard about them until... That Rats? progressive or whatever commercial that insurance commercial. I I was not a I, I was so, not a nope. Round round and round. I mean, um, I might know some songs if I heard them, but I, I don't know that they were rat. Does that make sense? Yeah. What is it? Yeah. Uh, what's the one? I mean, what about ZZ Top? Are they 80s? Oh, no, those are that's a they were more seventies band. Now they their biggest album, Accelerator, was in the eighties, but they were back in the early seventies, bro. Like ZZ Top, and like they were a hair Top band. They were a beard band. Bro. Come on, no, yeah, they were a blues band. That's this true. They were a beard band. Yeah, mm-hmm. technically that's a hair band. It's just different parts. I don't band, know. I'm kind of I'm kind of upset. Texas blues, fashion Aquanet. You know, you know exactly. The funny thing is, totally use some. So the funny thing about ZZ Top is Billy Gibbons and Dusty Hill had the beards. The only one that didn't have a beard was a drummer. His name was Frank Beard. Go figure. Just saying. Uh, already had yeah, the beard. ZZ Top, ZZ Top, man, was, oh, they're great. Um, great. Calaveras they, stole Flockus. So here's the thing about Flock of Seagulls. Calaveras they had a song. And it wasn't yeah. very good. And they, and they, the lead singer, and I can't think of his name now, but I've seen a thing, an interview with them. And at some point, they started refusing to play Iran. And it's, it's the like, only song they had. Like, yeah, but they, they were so sick, or he was so sick of it. And he was really like, it, but like he had an attitude in the video toward it. Well, how many, how many bands do you know that, I mean, they, they lean into it. Like, they don't mind playing their most popular stuff over and when over and over. I mean, about, if, you, know, if you are literally a one-hit wonder and that one song made you a millionaire, I'd yeah. play the hell out of that thing. I'm just and saying. They, and they just got a they, or the lead singer anyway. has got a real attitude over it. It's like, that's a great song. I don't know why you're... You should have had an attitude over hairdo. Let's be honest. Uh, yeah, right. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, all right. Our last poll... 1.8 thousand votes for long range shooting. And I usually, I really call long range shooting like at least 300, but typically like over 500 yards. Right. Um, so for long range shooting, which do you prefer bolt action or an AR style, you know, gas rifle, uh, Ginger, we'll start with you 
for long-range shooting, uh, bolt or gas? I got to go bolt gun. It just There's just something about long-range shooting and bolt guns that just go together. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Clover. Oh, yeah, bolt, without a doubt. I, mean, I knew you were going to say that, but I had to ask you. Uh, even yeah, even even the chats, it's gonna be probably unanimous out there. Uh, snob, bolt, or gas? Handgun. Okay, very well. Altor. Altor. Yeah, Altor, baby. Altor, with a thirty-two inch barrel, man. <laughs> the five hundred yard, the five hundred yard shot of the Altor, that would be amazing. I have better luck of throwing it and hitting the target at five hundred. Be really easy, though. <laughs> be really easy to, to put a longer barrel on that, wouldn't it? That is, yeah, yeah, this might be kind of awkward to hold. Yeah, better do it before the break. Probably still the Hobby Lobby for you. Yeah, yeah. bolt gun. Clover can, print, can probably print one for you eventually if he ever gets his 3D printer. He's set gonna up. print me a new grip for it. I'm waiting on it. Well, you can turn that into a hand to a rifle. You realize that, right? You well, can yeah, turn that into the Altor rifle. You can put a barrel, you a stock in a stock in a longer barrel, and you've got mm-hmm. a uh, Altor rifle there. So why not? Let me text Ethan and see if he'll make me a barrel for it. Okay, moving on. Uh, Kyle, <laughs> bolt or gas? Javelin. Okay. No, both actually. I, I, I understand. I understand. Um, because, you know, you guys have both now. You've got the AR-10s and you've got bolts coming down the line. So it's not like you were having to pick between like, oh, I got to, you know, but... Uh, yeah, yeah, I could pick on bias now. No, but definitely bolt action. Sure. I thought you meant he had javelin now. I was going to get me a poverty javelin. Oh, yeah, you would have to. <laughs> Wouldn't you, though? Like, that would have to be on, like, the Christmas wish list for sure. I'm going to pitch that <laughs> to the engineers. Rich said Snob's going to have the first Altor PCC. <laughs> and, and, and he's going to have it, and Altor won't even know it exists. Does Altor even still exist? Oh, I don't know. Do they? They they might not. <laughs> I don't know. They I'll just be honest. They sold a they sold a shit ton of those Altors there for a while. They, they, when they had them for like eighty nine bucks or whatever, they were they were selling a ton of them. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, One point eight thousand votes. Seventy two percent say bolt action and twenty eight percent say AR ten. Um, there's a part of me that. Um, I don't have an AR-10. That's one thing that's missing from my arsenal. And I really would love to go and get me a, um, a 308 in, a, in an AR because PRS has a division specifically for gas 308s that they're only competing against them uh, because they're so they're going to be so behind in, in, in open competitions. They, they created their own little division with uh, a gas 308. I think it'd be fun as hell to shoot in those. I'm actually I'm actually competing that because there's only like maybe four or five shooters in that one. I guarantee myself like the top five. That'd be awesome. No, uh, but I think that'd be fun. Um, I think it'd be fun to have a six five creed in that. So maybe sharing ammo with my bolt as well. I don't know, but I think a cool little three oh eight AR ten. I think would be a fun thing to have just to have. Um, so you know, you never know. But yeah. Bolt action, as far as if you're going to try to do anything special, anything, bolt action is probably the way to go. And I think pretty much everybody out there has said um, that. Now, Honcho says Snob is 85% gas, and that is also true. So, 
Now, book out there has said lever. So let me bring in you, you FUD boys. Lever action at 500 yards, yay or nay? Nope. I mean, they have the long ranger in 6.5. Okay, but most, most like levers, you're talking what, one to 300 yards maximum, probably? 200 is what I'd put a 30. 30 200? Okay. It'll be, to be reliably accurate. Eh, depending on, I mean, you'd have to get an optic on it, most likely, and then or at least target sights of some sort. Repeat front lobe, and then, and then um, you know, the, as far as the action lockup, pretty solid mm -hmm. as far as the action goes with accuracy on a lever action. Um, from there, it's just going to be a, a caliber well, thing. You can also hand load your bullets if it's like a 30 30 and only put mm -hmm. two in there and put a pointed bullet in. And well, that's true, that way. yeah, yeah, yeah. Just don't yep. do that and load the tube, <laughs> yeah. But there's a there's quite a few different calibers now with uh. Well, and that's, you know, the whole put a pointy bullet in the tube, that is, I don't know. I mean, if you're careful with what you're doing you don't drop and, it. and you're, yeah, and you're talking about a, um, you know, some type of a soft point or ballistic tip, like it's not going to be that big of a yeah. deal. Pointy FMJs um, would be problematic. Yeah, putting a boat to a hollow point in there might be a problem. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If, if anybody out there is around Honcho or has his number, uh, please go check on him. He might have had a little minor stroke. Um, he says an auto semi lever action bolt on a threaded receiver suppressor, Cougar Falcon Thunderbird. There you have it, folks. That's what he wants. Does he smell toast? Is that what's happening right now? I, you know, like I said, he, he might need some help. So if anyone's around Honcho, uh, you know, he, he might have. Uh, Rich White said pointy bullets are for the Henry Long Ranger. So uh, Quigley, what was his, what was his, what was Quigley's? 4590. 4590? Yeah. Or 4590 or 45 one. I thought it was a 45 one something. Yeah. Okay. Hmm. Pretty sweet. I uh, went to go see John Wick 4 over the weekend, or last week, actually. Uh, great, great movie, first of all. Um, not going to give anything away on it, but I'm going to say two things. One of them is one of the coolest modded lever actions. It's, an, it's a modded Marlin, 1894. I think they said it was a Marlin, 1894. Modded up. I can't remember who modded it up, but it's badass. Tactical Marlin now. And the other thing I'm going to say is two words, Dragon's Breath. So if you haven't seen John Wick 4, Dragon's Breath. That should tell you something. So, um, yeah. Uh, once again, oh, what's in here? 1874 Sharps 45 110 is Quigley's. There you go. Yeah. Thank you. 1874 Sharps 45 110. <laughs> there you go. Uh, Jacob says he was able to sit and crawl around in a Sherman tank over the weekend. That's pretty cool. Uh, I remember when uh, Eagle runs out there. Hello, hello. Um, the Sherman tank was a, a marvel at the time. And now, I mean, it would, it's like paper mache almost. Um, but back in the day, man, that was a marvel. That was a cool thing. Sherman tanks are pretty badass. Uh, so those are the pony poles. 
Um, the Pony Poles presented by our good friends at Anderson Manufacturing. Go check out AndersonManufacturing.com. Uh, check out all the AM15. Check out the A Palms that are there. Uh, the Kiger Nines are out there, and they've got a bunch of cool stuff coming out. Kyle, do you want to say anything else about what's coming up, or can you talk about anything else that's coming up anytime soon? Well, as we know, the bolt action coming soon. Um, right now, the big thing is the Cerakote. Um, they're yeah. only running for this month. Um, next month will be a new one. We're going to do a Cerakote of the month. Limited editions of They'll never come back. So definitely check I them out. The fact that you're going to have one every month of different designs. So that's just kind of cool. Now, do you have X amount that are made, um, or are you just taking the orders and you'll make you'll get them made wherever many you sell? Yeah, so it's pre-order only. Uh, production will begin May 1. Um, so you're okay. looking at getting it in May if you order it this month. What I'm saying is you're not just making like 250 of them. If you sell 1,000, you'll make 1,000 of the, the palms, right? That's correct. Yeah, unlimited quantity okay. on okay. those. Nice. And then next month, you'll have a different design. Are you going to go the rest of the year, or is this going to just be for a limited amount of time, or what? We're going to run it through the year, um, and then we'll see how it goes. Awesome. And- possibly carried in the next year no i think it's a great idea i, I do i think it's a great idea um because eventually well, someone's gonna you might not like the the miami vice look but the, wait till next month and it might be something Clover's waiting on the pines look to come, the pines one to come out he's waiting for the lucky charms look um he, he's really he's really i'm waiting for the crayon um look so i know kyle you're you're jarhead with me bro you got to help us out with getting a crayon sarah Cook. yeah Yep, we're uh, we're yep. talking to Crayola right now, seeing seeing how it goes. I just want a shotgun, <laughs> man. I want a shotgun. Anderson, an Anderson shotgun is that ever going to happen? Quarter, last quarter twenty three. Come on, man. Come on. <laughs> shotgun. Now, in, in all seriousness, have y'all have y'all is a shotgun ever been discussed at Anderson? Uh, to be honest with you, the owners are huge shotgun guys. Uh, so oh, I would say. Snap. There you go. I would say that. It's probably been talked need, about a time or two. Well, we got to get, get do better than that. Give me their shoot me their phone number in the <laughs> private chat, and I'll give them a call. I'm on it. Get on. Got to get on. Got to get on that man. Or, or twenty two. I would take it. I would take a twenty two. It's one eight hundred up yours. If that's their phone number. Up yours, Joe Boo. If you don't make a side by side and call it the Pony Express, I'll be really upset. <laughs> I'm just saying. John. You heard it on this podcast first. And the Pony Express, you people. Apps, the Coach Gun and the Pony Express, you would sell a shit ton of those. Oh, man. <laughs> make sure you put removable Kyle, jokes in it. You're getting ready to be a hero to the owners if you take that idea then tomorrow. <laughs> I'm just saying. Double ear, double ear, double trigger with removable chokes. Oh, oh man. John, yeah, John, I'll have to hook you up on the back end, man. That's nice. <laughs> you heard it here first. <laughs> right here. I'm just so two years from now when the Pony Express comes out. Oh, he's going yeah. to he, – hey, Kyle's going to – he's going to hook John up in the back end for sure. Oh, wait, that's, that's mm. something. Never mind. That's another <laughs> Captain Couch thing. <laughs> oh, man. two years from now we're all going to be hanging around having a, a drink somewhere in like the pony express i remember the night i remember the night Shot show that's a game changer bro that's a game changer the pony express oh my god that's beautiful john 
Well done. I don't I, give you much I credit am, very often, but that's that's a pretty good one, bro. You know, I am in marketing, so I have a good idea every once in a while. But are you? I thought you were more SEO. <laughs> Too soon? Too soon? <laughs> Too soon. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, they certainly, uh, he certainly doesn't work trade shows. We know that. Mm-hmm, that's right. <laughs> I will be at NRAM. My flight is booked. It's officially not. And you've got, and you've got, you've got a place to stay. So awesome. I'll talk to you after about that. I forgot to call you today. Oh well, I mean, you've got a place, but you may not need it. But uh, you've got a place. We'll talk afterwards. So. Uh, we we just require a couple sexual favors, but that's hey, that's not a big deal, not a problem, you know. Uh, we will talk about that later. Uh, kind of about the technology and all that. We're talking about the future of firearms tonight, and uh, kind of a cool little topic because, you know, here's the thing: people complained for years and years and years. There was really no innovation in firearms. You had, you know, you had the polymer era, and and then now it's like it's funny. But now everyone's kind of going back to the the classic designs, the 1911s, the the high points, and so, <laughs> excuse me, some other great guns that uh, came out uh, years and years and years and years ago. They're kind of going back to that style. Uh, they're going back to like steel frames instead of the polymer frames. And uh, I mean, there's obviously still the polymer stuff out there, but you know, it, it's 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 weird the kind of the the flow that it's going these days and. Uh, kind of talk to you guys real quick about like the technology that could be coming down the line or, or what's the next, like when, when the polymer stuff came out in the eighties and, and all of that, it was like game changing. Oh man, this is awesome. And then people start hating on it and then they're going back to the steel frames and all of that. Bring up Kyle. Cause you're obviously your guys are working on stuff for two or three or four years down the line, probably without giving the farm away. Um, am I roboting? Nope, not from me. Okay, no. it was part of my internet. That's the reason I asked. It okay, okay. All right, good. Um, Kyle, without giving the farm away and all that, I mean, like, there are things that y'all have probably discussed or, or have heard other companies thinking about doing, but like technology wise, like, where do you see firearms five years from now? Do you think it's going to be going going back retro? redesigns of classic designs or like what's the next is like titanium or like what's the next cool thing you think is coming down the line for uh, the future of firearms as far as technology wise gosh that's that's such a tough call i feel like right now we're kind of sitting in the era of recycling everything like you were talking about yep. the retro ideas um things like that i think the next big thing is definitely coming the next big thing that I see present is the optics and yeah. gosh, the technology that goes into those. Uh, some of these optics, you don't even have to like know how to do dope or anything like that. Like you, you you're true. fine. Uh, you just pick it up and, and go at it. So uh, to say what the, what technology is going to bring to firearms um, in the future, that's such a tough call because I also feel like, Technology and firearms themselves really don't tend to jive too often, if you know that's what I mean. No, no, that's an interesting. That's an interesting idea there. Um, you know, you might have technology and different materials being used for different things, 
But yeah, I mean, design-wise, a firearm, and you guys all, panel, just jump in. We, we, this is an open discussion. Um, but does I don't know the design of firearms has been basically the same for hundreds of years. You know, um, there's you know technology and maybe some of the materials being used, but ultimately, um, till till propellant and projectiles till the cartridge the ammunition until something changes with that i don't think you're going to see just a whole lot because everything has to be built around that cartridge right if we're still using smokeless powder has been the greatest advancement that come out in the late 1800s and i mean there hasn't been really a, a, a huge leap in I don't even know how you how you word that, right? You can use several things. You can sure. say cartridge, projectiles, whatever it might be. But um, yeah, until that change, I mean, what are we talking about? Are we going to go leather or, or you know lasers? Is things going to go air? Is it going to go electromagnetic? Like, yeah, 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 yeah. Magnetic blaster. Yeah. I mean, let's. I'm, I'm all for blasters. So get out there and, and get it going, guys. You know. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, you say that, and I agree with you about that. But also. You know, 40 years ago, was anybody thinking about polymer framed pistols or however many Correct, years ago, yeah. really? I mean, that or was a huge, a huge advancement when polymer became good enough to build a gun out of. Yeah. And then, oh, absolutely. So there's going to be a big change in the future sometime pretty shortly, I think, because right now we're just in the making what we have better. Yeah, but if, yeah, but if, if the, if you didn't have with conventional ammunition, if you didn't have the pressures to contend with, what what all could you do from oh, a yeah. an engineering standpoint with firearms, right? Now you're, you're basically at this point you're basically controlling an explosion. You're, you're, let's be honest. Yeah, you're held you're, you're held back with being able to control the pressure. So once you figure right. that out, then the you open up the gates to technology. That's a good point. Um, you got to figure out how to control the explosion, as you said, uh, which is a great way of, of, of putting it. It's what it is. Um, I think, like no, what we said, it. though, there's not going to be any giant advancements until then. But, you know, even the 365 was a major advancement whenever it came out, truthfully. Sure. Well, yeah, I mean, you know, it, it is a triple stack next. I mean, I, you know what I'm saying? Like, who knows? You know what I'm saying? I, I, I you know, um, I, I think for me, I, I don't see um, a design wave of technology and, and changes. I think what you're going to see are the and kind of what you guys are bringing up with like red dots and optics, but like accessories. I think there's going to be more creative ways to adapt accessories to them. I think, and, and we joke about with Clover a little bit. Um, but I think, and it may not be with frames and, and lowers and all of that, depending on what happens, but 3D printing, um, I think, could change the game for accessories. There might be a new something that's going to replace M-Lock or Picatinny down. I mean, we don't know, but having the ability to have 3D printing and being able to uh, basically customize your firearms however you want it to, by being able to print basically whatever mount or whatever little gadget that you want to do, that could change a lot as well. I think the 3D printing is going to, uh, and this is a completely aside oh, it, from it already has. the Polymer 80s. Yeah. Look at the titanium suppressors that are 3D printed. Right. 
Um, and this is aside from the polymer 80 side, this is just literally mounts or, or accessories that you can do um, that you had to wait for someone to come up with. Now you can literally do it yourself. And uh, I think that, um, I think, what would you call it? I don't know what you'd call it. Maybe at home gunsmithing or, or personal gunsmithing. Um, it's going to be a thing where people can do your, you know, people that get involved with reloading, you know, probably be kind of cool to do some 3d printing with different things. There's all sorts of stuff. I think that's, that's where the future of the technology side is going to be uh, for the time being until other things, because I don't really know what there is to do with designs at this point. Now G webs out there says the future is eight millimeter. It's a millimeter less because all the nine millimeter shooter muscles get weaker as they shoot. So they will need to step down eventually. Um, I, 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 I will agree with that. Um, the eight millimeter is going to be, uh, amazing. It's going to be amazing. Did you just copyright me, dude? I, I didn't even hear what it said. What, what was that? He probably answered the phone and muted up, didn't he? Oh, I don't know what that was. I thought he was playing me a song or something, but yeah. Uh, obviously, G's is making fun of the nine millimeter shooter. That's okay. I think that you know, you know, Snob brought up the three sixty five. You know, someone brought up you know a polymer framed handgun forty years ago, ten years ago, ten years ago. Who would have thought that there'd be PCCs that are five inch barrel nine millimeter PCCs and all that? Um, you know, it's stuff like that. I don't think it's going to be big big technology. But I think what they're going to do is they're going to, it's kind of like phones, you know, when, when the iPhone first came out and all of that, and then it came out and then a few years, they try to make them as small as they could. And now they want them to get them as big as they can. I, I think a lot of it's going to be a lot of that to where they might start making some stuff smaller and then going back up. We know that EAA, our friends at EAA with the MC14T, um, that's a, that's a really cool innovation that's going to be it's released. It's going to be um, shown publicly at NRAM, but that that's that's a cool innovation. I think it, that's what it's going to take. It's not we're not going to redesign or redefine or re remake the wheel here, but coming up with maybe some cool different ways to make that firearm do the same thing it has, just make it a little bit different. I think that's what we're looking at right now. Um, well, the because the problem with that is like. You've seen companies like Taurus think outside of the box, and every time somebody thinks outside of the box, except for like the 365, they just get torched. And yes, the curve was ridiculous and dumb, but still, they the companies that are trying to think outside of the box and go, hey, this is what we can do, are worried that they'll think too far outside of the box, and then they've got production and cost into those products and they don't sell. And uh, you see it, you saw it with the curve and you saw it with a, you know, a couple other weird designs. It, yeah. the, spectrum. That's the, the oh. issue. Yeah. The spectrum. Well, uh, 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 oh, go ahead and finish. Go ahead. The, and that's what I mean. Like the spectrum, that was a, yeah, it was outside the box thinking of putting the, the rubber in certain places, but people just, are not accepting of change. And I do see that we're kind of changing that in the industry. Like there's a lot of more acceptance, but at the same time, people are just worried. They're going to invest millions of dollars into designing a product 
just for yeah. it to tank. No, that's fair. Um, I'll I'll I want to throw a company out there because they get shit on quite a bit. Um, but we have a lot to think with them, and and, and it sounds crazy. Um, but Keltec, okay, Keltec makes a lot of crappy stuff. But talk about a company that has historically been willing to take chances on weird designs and they might just be five or 10 years too early that people aren't ready to accept them. Uh, the sub 2000, there's, there's several products that Keltec has come out with over the years that were not very good at the time, but you look at the designs and they're like, Oh man, you know, now that thing, that would be cool to have. I know that they're kind of maybe sometimes ahead of the curve. Um, but Keltec has been one of those companies historically, um, that, you know, for 20 plus years that has been willing to push the limits on being innovative and creative and they might get shit on because they might, they might make bad products, but as far as pushing that envelope and, and, and crossing that line sometimes of pushing people to make do different things, Keltec has been, whether or not they've made quality stuff is, is to be seen. But I'll say that Keltec, I think, is one of the most important companies we have because they are pushing other companies to do things they may not be comfortable doing yet. Well, what do you guys at, feel about Keltec? Well, Keltec's a great example. Keltec came out with the P365 15 years before Sig did. Yep. And it, it just wasn't, the, the it, people it, weren't it, ready for it. Yeah, they weren't ready for it. They came out with the, the, the Sub 2000, and then Smith did it. And then they came yep. out with the, the KSG, and then Smith did it. <laughs> and then, but it, that's, I think, like I said, I think there's the trend now is that people are more open to where 10 years ago, if you came out with a new design or just think out of the box, you just got thrown under the bus and people would make fun of you. And that that's Caltech, I think, if if they could produce as much as, you know, as cool as their stuff is, you know. Like I said, I mean, they've got they've had some really cool designs that are more coveted ten years later than they were when they first came out. But I do, you know, once again, um, I've got to give a lot of respect to Keltec because they're a company that really, I don't know how to put this, but they they pride themselves on pushing the envelope a little bit, and, and we need companies like that, like you said. Every design they come out with, people might not have been ready for them, but look at the companies like the Smiths of the world and the Sigs of the world that take those designs and make them better, you know, 10, 15 years later, and people love them. Well, you're going to have to give a little bit of nod to Keltec for even coming up with the idea. Um, so, yeah, I mean, like I said, it's, it's companies like Keltec that we need um, We need in the, in the industry because they are kind of telling people, hey, you know, 10 years from now, this might be a pretty decent idea. Uh so, you must be home by now. You're home now, aren't you? Yeah, I just got home. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was like, "Wow, I got two. I got two soulless ginger bastards. That's not good." Uh, <laughs> you know what? You know what? I think the future of guns is going to be, and it's going to be so great. I'm going to like yep. sing hallelujah whenever it happens. They're going to settle on the RMR footprint for full size and RMSC for compact size pistol optics. That's going to be the only two footprints. I, I, and- I, I, all the others can just burn. You know, I there, there's a part of me. I'm not an optic guy on pistols. Everyone knows that. I've got a couple now that I'm, I'm trying to get used to. Um, 
I do understand the frustration that that optic pistol shooters have when why aren't they? That's, that's a good question. Why aren't they kind of get standards and say, hey, this is the mount that we're gonna have. I mean, I don't understand that. Why? 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 why do, you, you, do you want the the real answer? And no, the, answer, the answer is is because you know you look at okay. So a few years ago, uh, Rock Island came out with their metal frame Glock, the STK one hundred. They okay. went with a vortex footprint. Why did they go with a vortex footprint? RMR standard. Well, because vortex, the owner of vortex and the owner of Rock Island are best friends. And that's really what it is. Sometimes it's because people are friends with each other and they want to p- help each other out. So they're going to launch the gun in this new footprint. And there's deals on the back end that many people don't know that they're they're buying bulks of these optics no, yeah. to put on, on, on yeah. the guns. Except for Vortex, pistol optics are absolute garbage. Well, he, I mean... Rifle scopes are fine. My pistol optics are I, trash. I, put, I plead the fifth on that one. Um <laughs> But yeah, it's it's really there's a lot, and Kyle can probably knows the same thing. There's a lot of back end dealing when it comes to the firearms industry, so that people can partner up because you're friends with a lot of these guys, and you want to like, okay, well they're going to cut me a deal on this optic so I can put it onto this. It's the same thing with like Smith and the the uh, Crimson Trace. It's the same idea, even though they're owned by the same parent company. It's we're going to partner with this because we can sell this package. I, I, I get that, and a lot of that. I just, I, I just wish that there was this industry standard. Um, whether it's for, I mean, you know, you look across the board for r- rifle optics, whether dots or scopes or whatever. There seems to be this Picatinny rail standard out there, right? Uh, that is going to fit on on a rail and all that. I don't understand. Like, so let me ask you this. Like, do you think that maybe down the line there is a thing where you have a little one-inch Picatinny on handguns to mount, be a standard mount? I mean, is that something that you could see down the line um, of That's happening? First. But, when it, but what I'm saying is, is but will it come back? Like, is that something well, they can come back and say, why don't we at least do this, you know? It's... I, I don't think so for the reason that there's just so many pistol optics out there and then having to find the mounting system to do it, just a standard Picatinny on it and redesign yeah. some of your stuff to fit that. Well, I understand that I understand that Picatinny is going to look terrible on a lot yeah. of these handguns. I get that. And I understand that's probably why it doesn't happen, but I, I, I do see what you're saying. Being a guy that doesn't really care about optics on pistols, I don't have a dog in this fight, but I do understand the frustration um, from handgun optic users that say, "Like this is crap," you know. I think because even, even if even if you use a basic RMR base, like not all RMR plates are cut the same, and even if it's supposed to be an RMR, it doesn't fit. So, I mean, it is what I, it is. I think what we'll see next for pistol optic for the mounting of pistol optics, you're going to see it on different guns. So like Mossberg came out with their shotgun with the pistol optic cut in it already. You're going to see a lot of that and you're going to see more companies going to the design of replacing the rear sight with the mounting plate like they used to do, but now they figured it out so that I don't even give you the rear sight. It's, it's going to be an optic gun. Or well, maybe give you the rear sights to do in the box if you want to 
install them you can but they don't come with them on is that what you're saying there's that or they're making a piece that actually so say you bought a standard gun they're making the piece to come in that just goes into that uh rear sight cut so oh so you can take the sight out it just it, that's how it attaches yeah, it instead just attaches of having the optic cut it just it, it connects through where the the rear sights would be yeah and that's why a lot of you'll see a lot of companies now not even launching guns without optics cuts but they're you yeah. know they're still there's still a, a generation of shooters that live and die by iron sights and don't like the optics and i and i do think that you should learn with irons before you go to optics i'm that guy like but, i'm not against optics but i just i i i understand the value of having an optics i'm just that guy that doesn't like it's just it's weird to me Does that makes sense like I can get used to it. I've got a couple of them now with optics and I'm getting used to them. And, and there's obviously the older I get, I'm, I'm two years away from being 50. So eventually my eyesight will not be 2020. That could be a, a plus for picking up that dot. Sure. For me though, I just, I, how does this make sense? I like to think that I have good mechanics shooting. I'm a pretty good shot. But I use my buddy's pistols, or now I'm so a couple of mine that have them on there, and I just go and present. And now I'm look, I find myself looking for that dot. And is this a lower third co witness? Is it an absolute co witness? You know, what is this? Where I pick up a gun, I just want to be able to put the front side on and go. Uh, obviously, I can get used to that and speed up everything else and all that. But for me, I, it, it's going to be a learning curve to have an optic. Um, well, optics yeah. are a learning curve for everyone. I mean, that's just playing our dream yeah. if it's not you haven't spent enough time with it because oh i and i have it i mean no, I'll, i'm just I'll saying you know, I mean, I these people that say oh you just pick it up now no you don't because at yeah. first you will be looking for the dot until you realize you stay target focused and just find the dot will just appear on your target you never yeah. look for the dot that's the trick well and, and i'll tell you one thing also is i will say this um i think that having a dot on your pistol for someone who may be a newer shooter might be awesome for no other reason. It's going to force you to present the same way every time, or you're going to be searching for that dot. So it will, if you're doing some dry fire with a dot, you know, or whatever, even on the range, presenting the same way every time so that dot's there quickly can only per, uh, help good mechanics. That being said, for me, it's like an old dog learning new tricks. I'm not against it. It's just going to take me some time. Can you highlight Jacob S's comment real quick? Which one? Uh, don't become dependent on optic. Okay. And he's yep. he's not wrong. I, I mean, say that. you don't you don't want to become dependent on it. But at the same time, if you're presenting the same way every time, if it, the optic does fail, just like you said, you're presenting the same way. You you're basically point shooting at that point. Well, let's be honest. I I think for me, and I'm, and I'm not saying this is the right thing to do. Um, for me, anything inside probably ten yards, I'm probably point shooting anyways. Let's be honest. Mm -hmm. um, but I put, I mean, how many? I mean, there's no telling how many rounds I've put through to where my muscle memory and my mechanics are sound enough. Once again, I'm not going to be putting whole bullets in the same hole, but I'm talking about hitting a torso and ending a threat. I should be able to, at 30 feet, point and shoot and hit a torso 
without really picking up any uh, dots or sites. Now, I'm not saying that people should go out and do that. And, and I haven't, I don't really practice that a whole lot, but I feel confident enough in my mechanics and my abilities over years to be able to, at, at 10 yards, point if my optic goes out or something happens to my iron sights, whatever happens, I should be able to point and shoot and at least hit a target, a, a silhouette, and end a threat. Um, am right, I going to be a shooter at that point? No. What's up? Your go to war rifle. Do you have an optic on it? Uh, yes, I do. Okay. What's the difference? Explain to me. I mean, exactly. I'm, just, I'm being serious. What's the difference? No. No, I, 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 and, and, and I understand no, I'm not that. Arguing. I'm just, no, no, no. I, I no, no. And it's a, val it's a valid question. Um, it's a valid, valid question. The difference is, is I've been shooting dots on rifles for a lot of years, and I don't have that experience yet with pistols. Like I said, it's a learning curve for me. Um, you know, and, and you're 100% right. It, it, it literally comes down to experience and just doing it. But now that uh, was, you know, I've, got, I've got a couple now with dots on there, and I'm I'm, I'm forcing myself to um, to do that. And, and I actually had um, Hilux had sent me. I asked uh, Tony over at Hilux to send me a, a a a pistol dot, and he sent me one a few months ago. And I really haven't had time because of the rain, but I can put that on some guns that I have that that have mounting plates on there. So I'll now have three available guns to work with, <clears throat> with, uh, with optics on them. So, <coughs> excuse me, for me, it's just like you said, getting out there, getting used to it and all of that. Um, I'm not a person for change. I'm stubborn. I'm not going to lie. I probably represent most people that are 48 years old, you know? No, but everybody, you know, that's the big argument is everybody says, well, I wouldn't put that on my, you know, my go to war gun or my carry gun or whatever, but then they have their AR with a red dot sitting on top of it. It's like, really you know, I would have no problem carrying. No, no, I get it. I, I would have no problem uh, carrying a gun with an optic once I'm comfortable with it. You know, once I'm used to it and I'm confident with whatever handgun I go with, with an optic, um, I would, I would have no problem having that with uh, my carry gun. It's just, it's, I'm not there yet. That makes sense. Yeah, and I'm not necessarily just talking to you. I'm just saying. Oh, I know that. No, no, no. I know that. I know that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a rhetorical question for sure. Uh, Calaveras, Clover, what do you think about developing gyrotech ammo concept with rocket-propelled slugs? I don't uh, know if he's well, serious or not. Yeah. Sorry. Uh, I, I, really, I, really I, I, I got a rash just by saying those words, so. Uh-oh. Clover? Oh, yeah. I was, I don't know. I was talking. I, I don't know what happened there. Yeah. You, I think you muted yourself on accident. I was like, yeah, you're, you muted yourself like mid sentence. So, well, yeah. Gyrojet is already, already a thing or has already been a thing. So, yeah, they've been talking about that in the chat. Maybe started the, the concept started a little after World War II, maybe. Is that what they said? Is that, is that sound about right? Something like I don't know that, what you yeah. got, but I'm just kind of—I was just kind of reading the chat, and uh, I don't. I, whole, I'm not versed. I'm not talking about. So. <laughs> yeah, I'm not versed or steeped in the in the history. I just know that it it is a thing. It has existed. It happened after World War II. They were trying it for Vietnam. It just the ammunition was just too expensive to produce. It wasn't very reliable. It's 
it's a neat concept that you're basically making a rocket propelled projectile that spin, you know, self stabilizes and spins. But uh, even now, I don't think the technology is there. And even if it is there, the expense of the ammo, you're seeing it now with like 224 Valkyrie and six millimeter arc and mm-hmm. eight, six blackout. There's not, there's not going to be enough production to justify it. In, in ammo size to go hey, well, we're gonna even the 38 super um you know there's really still to this day there's not enough manufacturers jumping on to to push that demand as much as it, it can now are they talking about he said rocket propelled slugs <clears throat> what you're talking about john sounds like they were more rifle cartridges were they, they were handgun were designs were oh handgun yeah yeah it was a handgun cartridge Interesting. It doesn't doesn't matter. You're still talking about you're still talking about basically gunpowder propellant. You're still talking about some type of an explosive charge. You know what I mean? Yeah. So now this is that's not a leap forward. I mean, that's that would be like saying, oh, you know, solid copper projectiles are a leap forward. The only reason solid copper projectiles are that much of a thing is the machining process is just so freaking easy nowadays. Yeah. Um, I remember, and they, they never made it to the, the field, but <clears throat> I remember, uh, <clears throat> I'm, I'm sure I could talk about this. It's been 25 years and I don't, I don't see why they'll cut me off. Obviously, if, if I talk about something that I shouldn't be talking about, but I don't think I sh- there's something I can't talk about. Uh, I remember back in 96, maybe 97, early 97. Don't remember. Is it as I was back at Pendleton? So it's probably early 97 and uh, I don't remember late 96, early 97. They had um, ice projectiles for our, our, our long guns. And the idea was inside, I don't remember if it was like 600 yards or 500 yards. Uh, the idea is, is going with, with the sniper rifles with, and Kyle, I don't know if you were in after I was, and, and I'll get, can I get your take on this? And if you guys ever saw this or not, but we had, um, there was like in there five or 600 yards inside, they used ice projectiles. And the idea was, there'd be no way to identify what projectile was used and all of that. It would literally do its thing and then melt. So there was no footprint, if you will, of where the projectile came from. I don't know. Obviously nothing ever happened to them that I know of. We never really saw them after we tested them um, for a little bit. I don't think anything ever happened. Kyle, do you remember seeing any of those? I know you were you were more on the explosive sides of the Marine Corps, but you guys did probably have uh, some designated marksmen that were with you guys, some snipers that were around you guys. Did you ever see any of them using any ice projectiles at all? I did not, but that sounds badass. Yeah, they they, they came in like uh, how do I explain? It? It'd be like a, a small ammo can uh, that was like the dry ice or whatever to keep them cold. And they were, they were just pull them out you put them in, you shoot them. And like I said, they were, they were good at about, they said five or 600 yards. But the good thing is, is the footprint of that projectile in a, in a, you know, war situation, you wouldn't never be able to identify 
where that projectile was, like who 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 made it or where it was from. There'd be no anything. It would just be gone. So, and like I said, I never saw it much after '97. So I'm assuming that it didn't work. Well, um, with advancements, with advancements in frangible technology, it starts to make that like you've got a lot of logistics with an ice projectile yeah. with like keeping it cold and a lot of different things with yeah. your, your frangible is probably yeah yeah like, with your frangibles you get the same thing i mean it's really hard to and it's probably what happened that is they, that's probably where the frangibles kind of start taking over where they said okay they probably had four or five different ten a thousand ideas which one's going to work the best the frangible idea is a much more consistent um projectile probably than the ice one was but um it was just interesting i remember that because i was like uh we got to shoot i probably shot maybe like seven or eight of them total and you know it was it was kind of it was kind of cool and you're out there in the desert of california and you're shooting ice projectiles but like i said i never saw them after like 97 so obviously they weren't a thing or they might be something that that socks using or something i don't know but um you know I don't know. It's interesting. Uh, yeah, but the frangible, the frangible projectiles now, I mean, like I remember shot show 2020 right before the cough. Um, we went over to, uh, said ITAC, I think out there and it, to the military kind of the range day on Monday. And I was shooting some frangible stuff from like literally like two feet away. Uh, I'll get steel. Now your mind tells you this is awkward. Like I'm shooting two feet away, but it did. I mean, it, the frangible stuff is pretty awesome. Um, and I, and I think that maybe in the civilian world, uh, it'd be cool, but I don't think there's as many applications maybe for a swap, but like the civilian world, I don't know. It'd be kind of cool to be able to shoot steel at my range from two feet away. If I wanted to, obviously for like the SWAT stuff, obviously the military and CQB, especially uh running some nine millimeter uh, frangible and cqb and some pccs or something in uh in room clearing i think that frangible technology is something that i think is probably a must at this point um i don't know uh, i think it's pretty cool uh rich says ice projectiles have been tried with different weapons for a long time one was actually the basis for the old bmw charlie chan movie in which the killer used one i have no idea uh tactical fud buck says hollywood brought all the ice bullets for the movies that makes sense i mean it's kind of a cool idea uh g webs i think your drink was warm and you were very far from the bar the bartender sniper could get you back with an ice cool you know it is kind of cool if i was 500 yards away i could call my sniper and say hey i need an ice cube for my drink and he could send one down range. that would be kind of cool um you know I, the guys that we had we had one guy um I'll just call, I'll, I'll call him Ben. Um, he was amazing. He was amazing. Um, I don't know where that dude is anymore. I know where he used to live, but I never could find him. He never got on Facebook or any social media. I still do this day every now and then I'll search for him out there. And he's, he's a ghost out there. He, he does not, he's not on any social media, but uh, that dude's the best shot I ever saw. Um, so uh, he was amazing. Um, technology, you know, I, I don't know if it was Snob or Kyle, whoever brought up optics. Uh, and I know Snob was talking about more for handguns, 
But uh, Hoover brought up earlier the way that red dots and scopes and the technology going into optics, they are able to do some amazing things that, you know, I, I, I respect Holosun. I like Holosun. I'm not a Holosun fanboy. But what they're able to do with the night vision and all that stuff for a price that's a <clears throat> manageable price for the everyday person, uh, I think the technology and, and, and optics across the board are going to be something in the next few years. I know that Clover's a big fan of thermal. Um, <clears throat> do you see, Clover, the way that technology, that there could be a thermal scope that could be like a quality thermal under $1,000 anytime soon? I think as technology advances, yeah, I think absolutely could be. I mean, that's yeah. been the hurdle with uh, <clears throat> night vision and thermal for a very, very long time is just the cost of the materials and the, and the technology and getting everything made so um yeah uh this is open to anybody um marcus brings up i'd like to see led iron sights i'm not gonna lie that's an awesome idea i'm all for that like if you give me a red or a green dot uh i prefer probably a red led as a front sight like i, li I like running a red fiber optic on my handguns um, but if you gave me like a red LED, because red's going to be one of those that's not going to show up. You're not going to be able to see it far away. Uh, now, obviously, the red dawn scenario doesn't probably happen, but something happens. I don't want to be able to see this big-ass bright LED at the front of my rifle. But if it's a small red or uh, maybe a, a, an amber LED to replace the front sight, kind of like you would put like a fiber optic, but it's an LED light, Actually, I think that's pretty badass. I haven't thought about that. What do you guys think about LED front sights? It'd be dope, but how would you power it? Like that's that's going to be the big issue is powering it, putting a power source would to it. it. Would it what, well, I mean, there are so many cool ass red dots these days that have solar. Why couldn't you just make the top of the LED front post a solar panel? I don't think there's enough. There's not enough know. panel there to to get it to chart that's just what i'm thinking there's not enough panel there no, i mean it'd be dope. but the yeah, thing is some form of battery yeah and how how could you not like maybe maybe yeah. uh, the, the battery thing like for your for your weapons light you know you have the the push button or something you know that the pressure pad for a light or something that has a wire could you not run on like a side rail a battery that plugs into the back of that LED. I don't, I'm just saying they, they'd had to figure that out, but I'm thinking that that's a pretty damn pretty cool or like, like G3 solar panels on this, on the slide or in, in a rifle solar panels on the handguard um, somehow that are integrated into that LED. I don't know, but I think the LED front sight needs to happen. The more I think about it, that would be badass. I would, if you did a, a corded system where you have a cord running, there's two things that I worry about. It A, f flopping in front of the, the barrel and being shot in half, and B, it accidentally getting caught up in the slide during during uh fire now you're talking you're talking handguns at this point yeah if i'm talking handguns okay. if it's if it's i don't rifle, know if i'd want it, i don't know if i'd want it on a handgun i'm thinking rifle. more ars i'd love to have one on like a carbine length handguard rifle that's not going to be close to the muzzle you know so, i mean i think that, that would be or, or a, 
an A two type style, you know, I don't know, that'd be badass. A rifle they could make it happen on because you could take like yeah. an A two style, and instead of it being right. hollow on the inside, it could be a solid piece. That could be the battery pack something or something. Have a battery yeah. housing, and they could make it happen on a rifle. Yeah. How would well, they, then you've got to worry about. Well, What's that, John? Hold on. Hold on. How, you see, John? How, how would that battery hold up to heat if it's right there on an A two? That, that front post gets pretty hot. Mm-hmm. That's a fair. That's a fair. That's a fair uh, question. Uh, and we and people much smarter than us will have to figure that out. Um, Kyle, well, if you shoot ice bullets out of it. It cools it as you shoot. But the front post yeah, gets Kyle, hot primarily yeah. because the gas is going through. The gas is a big part right. of that. So if you had yeah. a a front, because I've got I've got an uh, an Ace two style post on a rifle that is not holding the handguards and it is not the gas block or anything else. Um, so, I mean, it's a standalone site, basically. Yeah. All of that is underneath the handguards. I put longer handguards on it. Right. So I, I basically modified a stock front site and then put it in front of all of that stuff. So, I mean, it, it could be done where it's just attached to the barrel. My concern would be the, to get the bright to be able to get the brightness right you, you've got an led shining back into your face like has anybody ever looked into an led like how do you get oh, the yeah, brightness yeah. right on that you know what well, I, mean? I, I think i think it's just like you would in in um in a red dot you gotta give them probably five i wouldn't go 10 but i'd say well, maybe great, three to five uh brightness settings and i'd go as low as i could i'd probably go to one you and know? all that's and all that's wonderful and in that front sight post like you're talking about there may be enough room for all of those electronics but when you start talking about being able to manipulate the brightness that all requires yeah. electronics that so takes up space so not only are yeah. you looking at the battery issue but now you've got all these other controller issues you've got to contend with maybe maybe the answer and i'm spending like anderson's money i, I want anderson to come up with this you know kyle get those engineers on this shit man um but <laughs> the I think what would maybe, I mean, it's just brainstorming, but you just made it one brightness. Like maybe in the scale of a five, five setting, you make it a two, right? It's bright enough for maybe daytime shooting and it's still not too bright for nighttime shooting or whatever. And just this is, this is the setting. If you don't like this brightness, or maybe you, you make them in different, like this one's a one, this one's a two, this one's a three, and you have to buy whatever brightness setting you want, but it's, it's only going to, it's going to be a static, solid brightness. It's not going to be able to changeable. You I know? mean, right. to be fair though, this already exists. To be like, fair. To be fair. Like tritium. I mean, yeah. right. well, you're right. You're, you're, you're talking night sights and in in to a certain extent, but the led, I think is just kind of cool. Like, cool. Here, here, I'm gonna poo-poo on this idea just because I can. Um, NYPD used to hold their flashlights above their head. Your that LED, depending on how bright it is, it might front light you and backlight you. So if you're in a dark situation, now you're a target. You're lit up. So I'm, I, that's why I said it needs to be like a red. Because red, well, here's the red thing, does not show up very bright in, in darkness. Like when we were in the core, and Kyle probably remembers our old flashlights, we had to wear at night. We had to carry red lenses. So the here's, the, here's the thing with here's yeah. the thing with color. Color is irrelevant. We don't even have to worry about color if we're going LED because we can use a multicolor LED. 
There you Ooh, go. So I can get one that dances between red, green, and blue. You I'm can down. do whatever the hell you you could be get a disco ball if you wanted to. Right. Um, yeah. Like legit. Yeah. <laughs> now the chat out there is talking, and they got some great uh, ideas. They're talking about more handguns, but their 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 idea about the solar panels on the entire slide for a handgun. Now that's something. If you if you put solar panel, the whole slide being a solar panel, you'd have to figure out the technology and how to get that ported to the led front site but um i don't know what do you guys think about that for those of you who have shot a hollow sun on the solar panel in a dark range or in an indoor range you know very quickly how low light and solar panels do not agree with each other i'm sorry on the flip side you are 100 percent correct on the flip side of that in a dark room setting you don't want a bright fronts you don't want a bright light either you want it to be very very dull because in the darkness a bright light takes up way too much real estate in that optic for me at least Um, but if if that's the power source right that's powering that led if there's no light there's no led well you would almost have to have a battery some type of battery as a mediator very rarely do you see things run straight off of solar (laughs) And it might be one of those things where you just have to, you know, to, to the LED, it might have to be on a handgun that has an accessory rail on the bottom. And the, you know, you might not be, not be able to run your light on that one. That might, you might have to attach the, the, the power supply, the battery to that accessory rail down below somehow. I, I, I don't know. I don't know. There's got to be something. I'm just sticking um, with my tritium. No, no, no. It's I, 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 just, I thought it was a. I, I, I just saw Marcus put it out there, and and I think it's an intriguing idea. It's obviously probably years away from being, you know, if, if, if someone was to work on it now, it's years away from being mastered. But that is kind of a cool idea to start thinking. Um, G says, whoever's afraid, they use D cells. That's true. Do they still make D batteries? Yes. Yes, they um, do. Yeah, absolutely. Cover, do you I have some so. laying around? I do. Okay. I you need in uh, what do you need? We need you to bring four of them to NRAM. Four D batteries to Indy. Really? <laughs> For the boom box. Oh, uh, okay. He just gave it away, so now I might have show Clover. Damn it, Daniel. <laughs> he got an old school. He no, got him an old school boom box. Has an SD card slot? What? Yep. But yet it, but it, it takes it has, it has D card slot. I said, I said how take, can they make all yeah. this and not put it it's in Bluetooth SD right. slot that runs on D batteries? <laughs> well, that's that's Amazon buying for you. It has a power Probably. cord too, though. If that helps. You have to carry that on your shoulder around in ramp. Oh, Clover is. That's, that's, <laughs> that's what it's there for. Yep. Absolutely. Um, yeah. So make that happen. Me. Expect me to do that. You want me to bring my own batteries. I'm like, really? Yeah. Those that, things are expensive, I imagine. They ain't cheap. Yeah, I'll stop at the Dollar General and get some dollars. I honestly didn't know they still made them. I had no idea that I hadn't seen D models for a long time. Yeah, I've got a I've got a Maglite that uses these cells, and then I've got a uh, uh, I've got some camping lights or whatever lanterns that use D cell. I'm pretty sure the light on my phone is brighter than that Maglite. 
promise you. You're with great. brand new batteries? With brand new batteries? I don't know. All I'm hearing really? is that Clover loves the D cells. Yeah, well, you know. He's not denying it, is he? He's going to get those batteries out of his nightstand drawer. That's what's scary. It's like, ah. Armithia, I need some D batteries. <laughs> I wasn't going there. Roy Munson says, I've got a Streamlight Lantern that uses D batteries. Wow. Interesting. Yeah, well, Clover still has the lantern that you strap on your head and you wear the battery on your waist pack, the big six volt. Oh, my God, the big six volt thing. I do, I do have a couple of six volt flashlights. I really do. They're those box really? style, box style with the big lens on the front. Oh, yeah. Got the button oh, that literally, that literally, God. when you turn it on and off, it goes click, click. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. my. Do you remember God. the? Do you remember the lanterns though, Clover, that you wore on your head yeah. and you wore the battery pack on your yeah. face? Oh yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. When I was a kid and we coon out of that's what we had. Yeah. All right, I wanted to yeah. pose a question to the room because we're talking about the future no, of no. firearms. Okay. So you guys know, like. John Moses Browning and his designs and Eugene Stoner and his designs. You know nobody in the modern era with their designs except probably George Calgarin. That's probably the only one. And well, Glock. But but there's nobody in like, there's not a guy coming up with hundreds of innovative designs anymore. That's the other thing. Like, John Moses Browning made hundreds of innovations okay well let's 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 look at this though the time that john moses browning or colt or whoever was doing a lot of that stuff right you did not have the industrial technology meaning you did not have it was not as easy to start up companies and that's the case now where you've got a yeah, lot you of companies. Have eight, 800 gun companies, yeah. Yeah, and those companies all have in-house engineers. And so there may be one guy that's come up with 100 different things, but you'll never freaking know it because the, the company that said guy worked for is the one that holds all those patents and all those things. I mean, they basically paid him to come up with that stuff. And they may get a royalty. I don't know how all that necessarily works. Maybe. Kyle's but, got some insight to some of yeah. that. But. Well, that's why I wanted because I know when I was at Faxon, it was designed by committee. You yeah. know, there was, except for Bob's, mm-hmm. except for the ARAC, because Bob came up with that. But anyways, it was designed by committee. It was literally, we would sit down and we'd all look at the drawings and we'd pick what we like and didn't like and moved on to the mm-hmm. next step and prototyping and that. So there's really not many that like, you look at Browning and he started off with lever and by the time he died he had the you know the modus like he went from from this to this quickly well and there was a lot of industrial revolution at the time but you don't see that now you don't see like i don't know any of the you know you could say glock and call and uh you know the guy from caltech but you there's really not many in between really those are the two well, names. I, I think I think that I, I I think that there has been a lot of great designs, but I think you're right as far as an individual. I think at this point, every company has, like you said, a team of designers that are are building and design these firearms instead of John Moses Browning sketching on a piece of paper and making that come to life. 
I think that you're probably right. There is probably a handful or a couple handful of people that are legit designers that do it by themselves. I think that at this point, these companies are paying so much money for R&D that it's got to be done with a team so that, you know, I don't know. I, I Now, G's throwing some he's, Maxwell Atchison and Ronnie Barrett. Um, you know, there are people out there. I, I don't think that we're saying that, John, that there's nobody out there. Elmer Keff, yeah. Uh, I don't think John's saying there's nobody out there, but there's... There's definitely not anyone, like you said, it's got hundreds of designs like Browning and all of that. Uh, certainly there's not people that are making designs that are as game changing as a 1911 or a high power, you know? Um, well, I mean, he, he's, he brought up some Elmer Keith and Elmer was like very into like, he did the, the 45 Colt as hot as you could get till we have 44 mag it's the same or yeah. the 44 special same thing he, but he was more from my understanding he's more of a ammo designer than a gun designer and they kind of designed the yeah. gun around the ammo yeah and then yeah. And, and ronnie barrett you know he did you know he's got there's a there's a name obviously but, but when you think of it how like, many of those were like his 100 his designs i don't know right. the answer to that. i'm not a historian so I'm, I'm talking out of my ass here but it's it's the same thing. Like you don't we you look at the guys we know from history who we we can go okay the Colt did that and Colt innovated this and you've got the Smith and Wesson and you've got the those guys. But the newer companies that pop up, you don't. There's no like designer who's handed out hundreds of designs. And well, let's just let's just take let's just take snob uh let's take the the sig p365 now it's based off of maybe what was a keltec design or whatever do you know the keltec designer or you just know it's a keltec design let's just take it as a sig it's a sig p365 a hundred years from now people aren't going to talk about the person who designed it for sig they say that's a sig design i think maybe back then it was individuals getting credit for these designs where now it's companies getting credit for the designs. Maybe that's because there's a team of people designing instead of just one person. But a hundred years from now, people are still going to know who John Moses Browning, you know, did the 1911. How many people are going to know the name of who designed the P365? I don't even know who it is now, much less a hundred years from now. So I don't know. Uh, real quick, super chat. Thank you, G23. Uh, he says, John Moses Browning intended the 1911s to not have grip safeties and not in 9mm, 40 Smith & Wesson is king, 40 for life, the men and women who are downrange. Uh, yeah, I, I, I have to Ron Burgundy it. I will Ron Burgundy, whatever you say, I will say it, including 40 Smith & Wesson is king, 40 for life. I have to say it. Uh, obviously, we do not ask for, nor do we encourage super chats. We do appreciate them. They all go to sending care packages to our men and women downrange. So thank you very much. Uh, if you're going to say yeah, 40 well, for life and 40 Smith and Wesson is keen, you damn well better super chat it to say that. Just saying. Oh, that's the only way that it will be said on my channel is if it's super chatted. Uh, you will never hear me mention 40 Smith for any other reason unless it is super chatted. So, um, so G Web said Keltec is one person, George Kelgren. Well, that kind of proves my point. I didn't know that. 
Like I know what is a Caltech design. I didn't know that there was one person. I know that who designed the 1911. I know who designed the high power. I know who designed XYZ back then. I don't know who designs any of these guns. I just know the companies these days. So I don't know. Maybe that's something to be thinking about. And you can um, you can think about it this way. If Glock wasn't the quote unquote, which he wasn't, the first person to come out with a polymer gun, would he's we the first one that made it an actual he's the first person that marketed it well, right. marketed and made it relevant. Yes. Yeah. Would we know his name, or it'd just be like just now, like the MMP line and all those? It's just another polymer gun in a line of polymer guns. Just really, what it is? Yeah, I know. hundred percent. That's that's the thing. Is that's what I'm saying? Is is I think gone are the days of the true pioneers where everyone knew who they were. I'm not saying there aren't pioneers now that are going to revolutionize something in the future of firearms. Someone's someone somewhere is going to be the next guy that brings up something that changes the gun world. It might be 25 years from now. I don't know. Someone is going to revolutionize something in the gun world, but I just have a feeling that we won't know his name necessarily. It'll be a company. What's the outdoor guy's name? God dang. That guy did change the up. firearms world, not for a good way, but he did change the firearms world. I'm going right. to say something controversial because I can. Uh, Absolutely. A lot of companies, and we've seen it lately with Smith & Wesson, copy off of each other. It's Ooh. not really hard. Just look at the Absolutely. SIG MCX and go take apart an A-Rack and an MCX and tell me they're not the same gun. Because well, they, I, I, it's the same there, thing. There's a, there's a lot that goes on. Um, 100% that, that happens, that it's been going on for a long time, and it will... Uh, it will continue to do that. And I think that we also have to recognize that a lot of these companies have these engineers and whatever they design, if they're working for Smith and Wesson, all designs that they make while under contract with Smith and Wesson are Smith and Wesson designs. They can't take them to other companies. They're, they're property of Smith and Wesson. Um, there are probably people out there that are just, they're not part of Smith and Wesson and all that. They've got some really cool designs. Well, guess what happens to those designs? They get bought by the big company. So once again, you're never really going to know who that original designer was. There might be someone from Smith and Wesson that sees this sketch. You're like, let's buy that. Well, they never hear, you know, Trey Miller designed this thing. It's a Smith and Wesson design. Smith and Wesson came up with this design, so I don't know. Uh, I guess I don't know. Is trying to take claim for designing the M and P. I just heard him right there. One hundred percent, hundred percent. I was just wish I was paid for it. Um, yeah. Um, Jacob says I really want to see a three fifty seven Magnum nineteen eleven. It's made. Mm-hmm. They're fun. Yep. So they're pricey. They're yep. Cool. yep. Go go ask your local gun shop if they can get yourself a Coonan, and you better have a couple grand at least to, to, to get one. Um, now, I want to see a 38 Super 92, but that's just me. I don't want to see a 38 Super anything. There's gold. nothing about that cartridge that's, that gets me excited. I have no love. I don't dislike it. It just doesn't do anything for me. To me, there is really no purpose for it. That's just me. Ser- it served a purpose. You don't. You just don't remember what mo- most people don't remember what the thirty-eight super served. 
Wasn't that because Mexico, you couldn't own nine millimeter? No, what it because was. You couldn't own a government cartridge. Back in the 30s, during bootlegging, the 45s were bouncing off the steel frame Fords. And so they came up with 38 Super because it was faster and it was actually mm. penetrating the steel. Maybe that's the reason why 38 steel. Super came Yeah, that's why 38 Super came about. There's, there's my history lessons for the day. Thank you. Thank you, John. Kyle's alive. Kyle, I love Kyle. Kyle's a, a buddy of mine. He's a brother of mine. He's been on enough now. He should know that he's going to have to be a little more assertive in our conversations. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I just I, I get caught up in it, and I just start soaking it in, and then I'm just go ghost. But you, you really don't realize to, it's you really part of the conversation. You're not just a viewer <laughs> right now. You're actually part of the conversation here. Dude. Oh, so I'm totally okay if he's muted up and he's like drafting out the plans for the Anderson shotgun. Like I, you oh know, yeah, I'm so yeah, yeah. So I'm okay with that. Okay if you have the pony, the Pony Express design up, yes. then he's okay with you being. Quiet, yeah, yeah. If you're basically. working on that, that's cool. Go do that, Kyle. Yeah. Uh, if you, you really want to be popular on this show, Kyle. Just come up with a creative name for Veal. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> you don't want me to repeat it, Ghost. I promise you. I We're think I heard you right. Did I not? Did I, did I hear you? And are you trying to bring up uh, Chase's topic Fourth from a month ago? Yes, yes. <laughs> Damn you, man. Damn you. Um, We're not going down that road. Thank God he's not here. I'm yeah, we do right have some safe travels to, to Chase. He's down in parts unknown doing some business. Actually, there are known, but they're not public. But he's just doing some work and business. Uh, I'm assuming he'll probably jump into the after chat because he was going out to dinner tonight. So He's down, in, he's down in Steven Seagal territory. He better watch out. I wasn't going to say where he was, but yes, he is definitely. Um, I want to see him and Seagal. I mean, we all know Chase, and Chase is a big boy, but so is Seagal. Like Seagal has has let himself go. Um, I would like to see Chase and Seagal get into it down there in Bozier City and just like I know the fight. I think Chase can take them these days. I think so. Seagal's looking rough. Yeah, Seagal can still is is still got enough talent in him to you know now he's not gonna catch you if you run from him. But if you get in close inside of him, he can probably still hurt you pretty good. He might can. I don't think he's got much of an offensive game, and his defensive game is if you don't have a sword. I don't know how. I don't know how good his defensive game is. To be honest with you, it's definitely much slower than it was thirty years ago. I oh, guarantee this you. is true. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Yeah. So. Yeah, he's fast. If nothing else, I'll tell you that. Great, huh? Oh no, no, he'll still, he'll still tell you. He can, he can, he can do it, man. <laughs> right. He still called himself a world champion, yeah, but that was literally yeah. like 40 years ago. Literally well, 40 years ago. Once, once you're a world champion. To be no, I, I understand. I understand. So who wins but, today? Uh, Chuck Norris or Steven Seagal? Norris. Norris, yep. Norris. Norris dead? <laughs> no, he just no. looks like it. He's, he's, he's for Glock. I know. Yeah. As a joke, that's, I was saying, but I'd still pick Norris. Uh, a dead Norris still takes takes uh, Seagal. Now. Today, today, Seagal or Van Dam? Van Dam. Van Dam, yeah. I think so. Mm, the Seagal. kickboxer. Something's wrong with Van Dam. I, I, Seagal. 
You think Seagal? I don't know. I think Seagal, if he's still agile enough, a kickboxer, I'm telling you, bro, I've known some kickboxers. Kickboxers are bad boys, bro. Uh, if he's still able to do that, I think I don't, he can I don't know that Seagal. he is. That's the thing. I don't know that he is. Like, man, damn. Yeah, I, oh, sick? my God. Go, go look. I don't know, but go look him up, dude. He looks like he's got some kind of disease or uh, like. Really? I mean, he looks bad anyway from like botched Botox and crap, you know. True. But, He's all frail. Look like he's, oh, yeah, wow. like like Seagal just needs to lay off the biscuits and gravy. You know yeah, what I mean? Like that's Seagal's yeah. thing. Like Van Damme looks like he's on death's door. So didn't, like, didn't I, he, I hadn't seen him for a while. Didn't he just do a commercial where he's doing the splits between two trucks or something like that? You guys yeah. remember that? Was I mean, that he looked, that he looked cute, good. Not yeah, but is that real or is that? That's probably AI, CGI, yeah. whatever yeah. stuff. You know what I mean? With deep fake nowadays and everything. Just ask G to ask his robot to uh, make a picture of Steven Seagal dancing or something, and it'll happen. Oh, Steven Seagal fighting Van Damme. That'd be a good yeah. One. He could do that. Yeah, he'll email this to us shortly. I think the team. robot, the <laughs> robot will have that answer for us in about four minutes. I guarantee we'll be get receiving uh, email or text from G here pretty soon. Uh, for sure. All right, we've been going pretty good. Uh, I want to give everybody a few minutes. Snob, start with you. Um, everyone in this on this panel will be at NRAM uh, under different capacities, obviously. Uh, but Snob, until then, or like, what kind of projects you got going on? Any videos coming up that you want to talk about before NRAM? I need to, but I don't know if it's going to happen because I have got so much to do in real life between now and NRAM. It's not even funny, especially if I'm going up a day early now. True. Uh, she says, ethically, et- I would never ask the robot to do such a thing. <laughs> <laughs> he would not. He would not make the robot come down to those those standards. Uh, Ginger, uh, you got any organizations or anything that you want to plug? Uh, yeah, I'm gonna give a shout out again to Southeastern Guide Dogs. Again, I've talked about this a couple times. There's an event going on uh, May, tw- up, actually. Yeah, yeah. May 20th at the Humidor in Newark, Ohio. Uh, there's going to be food, cigars, and we're getting money raised to get a dog uh, to a veteran in need. Um, so if anybody knows anybody who wants to attend, just go ahead and show up there. There is a door interest fee. Uh, if you're big into cigars, Bobby Newman from JC Newman Cigars is going to be there. And I am also still looking for donations for the raffle table. So if anybody's interested, please let me know. Um, I can probably help you out with some stuff. Not like ghost tactical stuff, but like we'll talk off here uh, for sure. Um, Kyle, I want to bring you in for a minute and give you a few minutes. Talk Anderson manufacturing. Uh, exciting time for Anderson right now. A lot of cool stuff coming down the road. Um, for people that might be attending NRAM next week, uh, you want to kind of give a, a your little spiel of where you guys, maybe a booth number or what you guys will have there for people that will be. I know there's a bunch of people in our chat that will be attending uh, NRAMs. They might come by and see you. If you are there, make sure you go to Anderson Manufacturing's booth. Say hi. Tell them your screen name. Say, hey, you know, I know you're on Ghost Show and all that. Um, let him know that who you are, because uh, you know he'll he'll know he'll he'll remember the names. But 
Uh, do you want to talk about maybe your booth number a little bit or uh, what you guys are going to have for people to see at NRAM? Yeah, for sure. Um, I don't have the booth number on me right now, but. But actually, uh, you're working. Yeah. He actually stopped working to come on this. They actually are really busy right now. So thank you for that, by the way. Hey, not a problem. Uh, but uh, we're right near the entrance. I think we're right next to IWI, if I'm not mistaken. Um, nice. Yeah. We'll have the uh, Surbot, which is our bolt action that's coming out soon. That'll be up there with us. Um, our Cerakote of the Month will be on display. Um, we're doing a giveaway with AAC. And, uh, Ghost, this might actually help you out. It's yep. uh, it's the AM10 chambered in 308, um, suppressor yes. ready. Yeah. And it comes with an AAC, AAC suppressor. Um, but, yeah, definitely check out our Cerakote series, uh, AndersonManufacturing.com forward slash hair coat um like i said limited edition uh, check it out before they're gone yeah go check out the this month is the palms uh go check out over on instagram and all of that he's got pictures uh there's a short of it i believe over on youtube or is that a reel on instagram one of the two uh, i shared on my reels i think i shared your reel uh on the palms so yeah it's it's a pretty cool it's an awesome looking freaking Cerakote. it's miami vice if you've ever seen it so yeah they're real nice sets yeah we're definitely gonna uh get snob to uh get a picture with that rifle oh, and that will that will uh that will break the matrix i mean so. i did one at, at a shot show with the uh miami Knights pistol from century from Canic. Canic, so i mean your booth 5745 there Kyle. there you go There you go. Um, Clover, I mean, assuming you are going to do something, you can tell people what, what the, what this coming down the line. Yeah, got a couple of podcasts scheduled for this week. Uh, the Honest Truth tomorrow and Cape Gunworks on Thursday. And then uh, dropped a video earlier on the Hawk Advantage 1 to 4 by 24 LPVO. So. That's what I've got going. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Uh, yeah, we're going to have a couple of videos coming out. Uh, we'll, we'll have some videos scheduled um, for next Thursday and next Saturday as well for during NRAM. Um, so I've already got a couple scheduled ahead of time so that I know there will be some content coming out. Uh, we'll talk about more about this next Tuesday, talking about NRAM coming up. But I want to go ahead and tell people now, during NRAM, I probably won't be going live or doing anything like that. If you want to follow the content during NRAM, and I'll and Snow, I'll let you and Clover as well, and then John and Kyle as well. But most of the content that I'm going to be having actually while in, in Indy is going to be on Instagram and through the community tab on my uh, YouTube. Uh, mostly going to be Instagram, doing some shorts, maybe for with YouTube, but Mostly doing pictures will be on Instagram. I'll be doing some reels and all of that, but the vast majority is going to be uh, either shorts or pics on Instagram. So um, if you want to see some of the coverage from us, um, then definitely uh, look on Instagram in the community tab. Clover, Snob, um, I know it's kind of a, a little early, but do y'all plan on doing a lot of Instagram stuff as well? Or how do you plan on kind of covering NRAM this year right away? Me? Well, obviously, yeah. we've got videos we have to produce because we are 
contractually. Like actually during the show. Oh, well, that's what I'm saying. We've got to film I have some actual videos while we're there. But, uh, you know, yeah, probably shorts probably do the same as shot. Probably lean into the Instagram reels and the shorts and stuff. Yeah, no, I get it. I don't understand. Uh, so what, what, what did I say? No, what, what I'm saying is, I mean, obviously we have videos we have to, we're going to, we're going to create content while at NRAM. I'm saying while you're at like during the Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, are you going to be putting most of your stuff on Instagram? Are you planning on, on unleashing NRAM videos while at Indianapolis? Uh, or do you yeah. afterwards? No, definitely no long point. I'm not content. smart, bro. You have to forgive me, bro. Yeah, like, definitely I, no. Yeah, definitely no long for that cuts into the time. Yeah, so yeah. Yeah, Chase is back there. Oh snap. It needs to. Uh, <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> what a bitch. Yeah. Uh real quick, I'll let you give a few minutes since you're uh just showing up. Um you've got a picture of the MC fourteen T. I don't know what you're um, talking about. I don't know what you either, but it's on your avatar, so um Nah, not me. Okay. Um uh, so do you want to talk about the uh the Glock seventeen clone that you guys are coming out with? Oh, you mean the the new twenty eight? Yeah, it's pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> you talk about what? hitting the three eighty at the right time. <laughs> right? <laughs> <laughs> this has been perfect. Oh my God! Uh, but you want to talk a little bit about uh, for people that will be in Indianapolis? Yeah, um, you guys will be for the first time publicly showing off the fourteen. Correct. So we have a media event Friday lunchtime to kind of kick it off, and then the entire NRAM show will have. I know I have three for sure. Possibly more will be there. It depends on shipping and all that fun with freight right now. But I'll definitely have several models there for everybody to come try out. I mean, better, finer points of the 84, 86 family, modernized, updated, double stack, mag, 13 rounds, tip up barrel, one in the chamber. It's super, super, super easy to function on this thing. Double single, trigger's really easy. The biggest thing is that tip up barrel, you mean the people who have trouble loading a gun, all that stuff is contained in there. It's an easy... It's an easy gun for the for anybody to use. It's not targeted necessarily old people or hand strength people issues or ladies. It's targeted at everybody. But the people that do have hand strength issues Clover. perfect. Oh, okay. Yeah. If you need to wrist wristbands or you know. <laughs> if I could figure out we were joking about it today, if we could figure out how to make it in ten millimeter, it'd be just absolutely ridiculous. But I can promise you in a direct blowback, you do not want to shoot that in 10 millimeters. I just want to know how the optics going to work on this with the tip-up barrel. I just feel like this is going to create a problem. So we've already been playing around with some optics. On the actual barrel, I bet you probably put it on top of that. Actually, the rail underneath is like a a mount that just comes up and over. So like a competition competition mount? Yeah, like a weaver style mount or something like that. Yeah. So you can run, I mean, it's a Picatinny. You can run whatever red dot on there you want, or you could do a, like we could do direct mount plate. So, like any of the red micro red dots. Yeah. Are yeah. There you go. We played around with several ideas. The cool thing, y'all got to see some little tidbits of it, but we actually have like the actual like made base plates now that actually hold the extra round. And so we've been oh, yeah. banging those around and dropping them and throwing nice. them and all that stuff. So far, so good. Right. 
the cool thing is, you know, for the people who are not going to carry a gun loaded, you know, we all know there's that demographic people who are just scared to have one in the chamber or whatever. Now you don't have to slide, you know, rack a slide anymore. You can literally pull your mag, drop the round in the barrel, throw your mag in there and go. And it's super intuitive, super easy. I let several people try it today during our road trip, try it out. And yep. everybody had it figured out in like literally a couple minutes. Nice. That's always good because you guys know how it works. And for someone who's never worked it before, uh, if, it, if it's a learning curve, it is what it is. But that's that's good. Uh, yeah. Good night, Duncan. Duncan said he's got to go. Time to shift gears to be functional tomorrow. I don't even try to be functional during the day, so that's what it is. Man, I've been been up all day. I mean, I just had a four hour ride across the state of Louisiana. Literally, like literally five minutes before I got on here, I walked into my hotel room. Why'd you wait five minutes? He had a pee. You waiting, man. He had me some Dr. Peppers, and he had to pee. I did. I had. He's from Alabama, remember? I had entirely too many crawfish tonight. It was so good, though. That's gonna you're gonna feel that in about two hours from now. I'm just oh, no, saying. It's not that. It's the fact that now that I've washed my hands eight times, it still smells like crawfish. I'm like joking. You're somewhere. I'm just gonna let it go. I'm gonna let it go. Stop into that. Hush. Hey. I like crawfish. What can I say? Yeah. Right. Uh, anybody else have anything? Chase, <laughs> keep your mouth shut. You do not get a chance to make any last parting wisdoms. Um, anybody Guess else besides good. Chase have any last parting wisdoms? Gaston Glock is dead, and their weekend at burnings him. That is all. If that means that if that is true, there will be a 1911 and an AR within the next six months hitting the market. Just saying. Oh, you know those designs are already sitting in a vault. They're there. They're, they're there. Like, Let's go. They're just waiting for the old man to go because he said no. But yeah, there, there will be a Glock 1911. There will be a Glock uh, AR within six months. I mean, we're talking like in 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 production out to the public within six months of him dying, probably. Oh, yeah. So, well, I don't know if y'all talked about this earlier or not, but I don't know if you've seen the media rumblings of all the fun we're going to have with some people who don't like us at NRAM this year. It's going to be last year played out. Let's go. It started up today pretty good. We were talking about it earlier and there's because because Mr. Now indicted president is going to be the keynote speaker. Here we go. I wonder if will he be wearing his uh, county oranges? That would be amazing, wouldn't it? I think he should literally show up in county oranges and just Oh, own yeah. it absolutely. I mean, you be a OG hero, on the back of it, like OG. <laughs> you, you know, go fuck yourself. You know, make you know, make the jails great again or something. I mean, I mean, let's it just needs- it matches his hair and his face. So I mean, you might as well own the orange. Um, the audience out there wants to hear it. Wants to chase his final thoughts. To come back. He will not give his final thoughts ever again. He I can't just, he has been banned from final. Uh, really. <laughs> hey Chase, do you like veal? I do. I really enjoy veal. It's fantastic. All right, you guys have a great week. We will see you next Tuesday. We'll take. We'll see you soon. Simplify. 
Thank you guys so much for watching and listening to the Armed Citizen Podcast. If you're interested in all of our videos, reviews, and other podcasts we're a part of, check out our website, ghosttactical.us. You can also find our swag shop, our gear report tab, and all of our promo and discount codes in our blog section. We'd like to thank everyone on Patreon and our YouTube members for supporting all of our projects. You guys keep the lights on and keep us going from day to day. Make sure you get out to the range. Be more proficient with your firearms. Take someone new to the range and make them an ally instead of an enemy. Until next time, Simplify.